Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 94 Evidence So Cammy hated me, Fern hated me, and now these eight guys hated me. I looked in the mirror. I was like a paunchy narcissus trying to see his reflection in the entrails of just shot duck. When I start thinking these kinds of thoughts, it means I have to see Jessica. I called her up after me and Kurt hung up and got her voicemail because it was Sunday night. I pressed pound a pager. Emergency! She called me back about a half hour later to give me a pep talk about how important I am to Junior and the boys. She reminded me what a great dad I am and that I still had a shot at a career in entertainment as an actor. I had connections and I was just, you know, on an extended break from the career to raise a family. You're just going through a little bit of a bad time right now, she said. Thanks, but if I'd had a gun in my hands five minutes ago, I'd be bleeding out through my right temple. She assumed I was just being dramatic, I guess, because it was a short call made up of the same complimentary blurbs of all Jessica pep talks, and it would have to tide me over till our next session. When I saw her for that session the next day, she greeted me with this really concerned stare. I was lying on her divan at first, just looking up at the little track lights in her ceiling. Then I sat up and stared back at her. The more I think about it, Jess, the more I think she was definitely talking to parp. She didn't answer, just sat there like a jade Buddha. Shit! I cried and put my face in my hands. What is your evidence for this belief? How do you know this is not just your fear speaking? She asked. It can't be both. Focus on the evidence. What is your evidence? The Hollywood hard-on thing. How else do I explain that? Common terminology, probably. You've simply never heard it before. Have you ever called it a Hollywood hard-on? Do you know anyone who has? No, but I have no experience with stagecraft. I hate that fucking guy. So, she shook her head. Have you had Tony Parp on your mind all weekend? No, not all weekend. I just can't help thinking about how he fucks me over and I just go along. He pretended to help me, but he sabotaged me and I didn't even see it coming. She sighed. I think you're giving him too much credit, Paul, don't you? She said I was in love with him. Who? Cammy said I was in love with Parp because I talk about him so much. She said I want to lick his nipples. You talked about Tony Parp at an assignation? I thought her head was about to do one of those head drops like her neck is broken. It kind of lurched forward a little, but she caught it in time to maintain eye contact. I put my face in my hands again. Then I put my hands down and sat up straight and told her the whole story just like I wrote it in the last couple chapters. Well, she said, I don't think it means you love him, certainly not. It seems clear to me that Cameron was trying to goad you. 
But it does mean there's something about him that you can't get past. He's a spaz. He doesn't deserve to live in an apartment in the big city. He has no kids, no wife, nobody he can make a real life with. He's a complete... He's pathetic. But he goes around pretending the universe is on his team, like he's the star of the movie, and the screenwriters will get him out of any jam he might get into. He's a four-toed sloth. You know that? He's deformed. And chicks called him on the phone to talk about my skinny arms. You don't know that, she said. Without evidence, you have to assume that women calling Tony Parp to talk about you is just a story you've invented to torment yourself. And I have to ask, I have to ask why you need to torture yourself. I'd like you to ask yourself that question and try to dig the answer out. It isn't me, I insisted. It's Harp. Why do you think it's important for people to know Tony has a minor deformity no one can see? So they'll stop being taken in by him. He has everybody fooled. People like me, we have all our toes, and guys like Parp think we're chumps. I'm pretty sure he was fucking that Belinda chick, and she has a boyfriend. Someday he'll fuck the wrong guy's girlfriend and he'll get his face good and broken. What makes you think he was having sex with Belinda? I couldn't explain it. I just kind of shook my head. And if he was, why would it bother you? She asked. Is it what we've talked about how you tend to think of all women as yours so that a woman having sex with another man is a personal insult to you? Like she's being disloyal? Because she has... A boyfriend, don't you get it? I mean, there are rules we live by in civilization, so we don't have to be checking every two seconds to make sure somebody isn't rifling through our stuff. It's in the social contract. But Parp, he'll take your stuff. He'll take it and call it his and party hard while you freeze in the slush. She went back to staring at me again. I knew she wanted me to say more. I leaned back on the divan against the wall and tried a few times to speak. Then I leaned forward again and looked at her. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2022. By Dan Wrench.